Well, good morning. It's so good to have you all here. I'm Pastor Jose, lead pastor here at Church of the Bridge. And it's exciting to have you here. We're going to go ahead and jump right into the word. You guys all right with that? We've been on a series the last couple of weeks entitled Soul Sessions. Soul Sessions. And really what we've been looking in, uh, looking into uh, through the word of God is the role of the mind and, uh, and what, uh, the role that it plays in us receiving and living the life that God has given us. That makes sense? Yeah. I want to just take you back real quick to a couple of, uh, two scriptures in particular that I've been continually hammering over the last couple of weeks. Um, and the reason why is because the Bible says that we go line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. And so repetition and, and the, con- the, the, the continual uh, re-emphasizing of biblical truths is what ensures that it takes root in our hearts. So whether you know it or not, over the last couple of weeks, I've been digging in a little bit. I've been digging into your heart a little bit. And, I've been, and my hope is that the word of God is taking root and that you're seeing the important and the powerful tool that your soul is within your grasp as you use it correctly. And so let's turn in our Bibles real quick to 3 John chapter 1, verse 2, 3 John chapter 1, verse 2. And it simply starts off by saying, Beloved, how many of you know that's talking to you? That's talking to you, child of God. And hey, and if you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, he's still talking to you too. Because he loves you, right? And so 3 John chapter 1, verse 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. And so as we've learned over the last couple of weeks, God wants us to prosper in all things. That is his will. That's not just your finances, ladies and gentlemen. That's in your relationships. That's in your emotional well-being. That's in your workplace. That's in your career. That's in your home. That's in your role as a husband, a wife, a son, a daughter, a student, a businessman, a businesswoman, a business owner, a supervisor, an employee. God wants you and I to prosper in all things. But that all starts in the soul. It starts in the soul. Notice that the scripture says that God wants us to prosper in all things and be in health just as our soul prospers. And so what happens in this mind of ours is crucially important. What we do in the recess in the recesses of our soul matters. What we allow to inform and 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 drive this mind the mindsets that we adopt Uh, matters, how we manage our emotions, how we direct our passions and our desires, all those things impact and either uh, propel or detract what God wants in our lives. But it's according to what we do in the soul. And so this mind is absolutely important. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 goes on to say that this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it Day and night. That word meditate there simply means to think upon. It means to consider continually. It means to imagine. It, 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 it depicts a rolling action. And so it's something that's constantly going on. Whether you know it or not, what's constantly going on in your mind, whether good or bad, affects the outcomes you get. And what scripture is giving us here is a tool, a key. It's enlightening us and it's saying what you do in your mind. What you meditate upon day and night, that, that in and of itself 
you, because of that, you will then make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Now, I got to ask you a question this morning as we're getting started here. How many of you want every promise that God declares in his word? How many of you want that? You want that. You want the goodness of God. You want healing. You want peace. You want, you want to prosper. You want to see yourself excel and succeed and grow. All those things are great. Let me point your attention to Joshua 1.8. Notice that it says, meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to it as it is written. And so what the, the scriptures are revealing to us is this. That according to what we meditate upon here, when we meditate upon the word, when it defines our mindset, then we can observe what's written in the word. Then we can see that come to pass. And then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. See, God wants you and I to have a manner of life, a way, so to speak, that is prosperous and to have good success. And going back to 3 John chapter 1, 2, it tells us that he wants us to prosper in all things. And this includes every area of our lives. But I find it interesting that the Holy Spirit saw it fit when he inspired John in the writing of this letter that today we still have and we read and we know to be true from God. I find it interesting that the Holy Spirit saw it fit to convey to us this point that not only does God want us to prosper in all things, that God wants us to prosper in health. There's a clear distinction there because all things pretty much covers that. But the Holy Spirit saw it fit. God in all his wisdom saw it fit to point out to us, hey, in all things, and it includes your health. And this is, this is one of those things where, you know, there's this mindset that says, well, you know, I'm just waiting for the sweet by and by. You know, God is just testing me. God is doing this to me. No, 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 no. That would contradict God's will is revealed here. So God's will is our health. That word health there in the Greek simply means to be sound of health in a wholesome manner. It speaks of our physical well-being. It speaks of our emotional well-being. It speaks of our spiritual well-being. It, it speaks of the whole man, the whole woman, the whole person. And so uh, God's will is not just that you and I be healed. Let me be clear on something, ladies and gentlemen. God's will is not just that you and I be healed. God's will is that you and I be in health. That's two things. There's the healing that we seek to receive, which is ours in Christ, and we seek to see manifested. But then there's the day-to-day -day health, ladies and gentlemen, and we all play a part in that. And so today's big idea is simply this. Your health and your healing is here. Here's what I'm not saying when I say that. I am not saying it's here at Church at the Bridge. I'm not saying that it's here in the city of Newburgh. What I am saying to you is that it is here because Christ lives in you. And as we receive the word of God and our mind is renewed to that and we understand what the will of God is, you can live in health. I'm going to just be very straightforward with you. You do not have to settle for sickness. You do not have to settle for mental emotional uh, thoughts and things that plague you. You don't have to settle for a low self-esteem. You don't have to settle for the, 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 the things that plague your body and your mind and your life. You don't have to. That's not God's will. 
It is not God's will. See, so to the extent that you believe and prosper in your mind, you'll receive and experience health and healing. I'm going to say that again. To the extent that you believe and prosper in your mind, you'll receive and experience health and healing. Listen closely, ladies and gents. This is God's word. And God wants us to prosper in the mind because it affects every area of our lives, including our health. Including our health. Proverbs 4, 20 through 23 says this. It says, my child, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Don't lose sight of them. So get what God is saying here. He's saying, hey, pay attention to these words that I'm speaking to you. Pay attention to what I am revealing to you about my will. He's saying, don't let them out of your view. Don't let them depart from your view. Let your, let your view, let your mindset, let your life, let your attention be drawn to the truth that I'm revealing to you. He says, let them penetrate deep into your heart. Now that word heart in the Hebrew speaks of the mind. It also speaks of the understanding of man. And so listen closely to what God is saying. Pay attention to my words. Listen carefully to them. Don't let them out of your sight. Stay focused on them. Let them penetrate deeply into your mind and your understanding. Now, why is that important? Verse 22. For they bring life to those who find them. You know who's the only one that can find them? The one that's looking for them. The one that's paying attention to his word. The one that's seeking his truth. And so he says, let them penetrate deep into your understanding for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. What's interesting is that word healing there means cure. And so the medicine, God's word is medicine to you and I. God's word is healing and health to you and I. Scripture says that he sent his word, and by that word, he healed us. God's word is spirit, it's life, it's powerful. Thus, we can now appreciate verse 23, because it says, guard your heart. That's talking about the mind and your understanding. Guard your mind, guard your understanding above all else. Above all else, guard your understanding, guard your mind, guard what comes in, guard what you allow to permeate there, guard what you allow to inform your mind, guard it, for it determines the course for your life. Wow. So, what we understand from God's word and the attention that we give to it in the soul is the key to what we see in our lives, ladies and gentlemen. It all flows right from this understanding. If we're to partake of the healing and health that is available to us in Christ, 
The truth that God gives us by his word must have entrance into the place of our mind where our understanding is born out of. I remember years back, a friend of mine who was a law enforcement officer um, got injured on the job while responding to a, to a, a situation. The thing is, he didn't know that he was injured. He, he sustained internal injuries, and he wasn't aware. And so for a couple of weeks, he went, you know, he, on and off, he had these cramps, and um, then he had some blood in his stool, and then before you knew it, before you know it, he, uh, it actually was just, whenever he went to the bathroom, it was, just, it was just fluid of blood that would come out. So he finally decided to go to the doctor, and when he gets himself checked out, when he gets to the, the hospital, they check him out, and the doctor say, we need to take you to surgery right away. And so they take him into surgery, emergency surgery, they open him up, and his intestines were mush. They were like jello. They had lost their, their, their consistency. And so they had to remove his intestines, and they... For two years after that, um, on a daily basis, they would show up and they would open up his stomach and clean the wound and disinfect everything. And he couldn't even eat a, a piece of ice. He couldn't drink water. He couldn't eat anything. He was on an IV bag for about two years. Um, all with the intention of getting a transplant, uh, an intestine. The thing is, for the first year and a half, this friend of mine was solid on the word. He was just resolute and determined, and he says, I, Lord, I believe your word. I know your word to be true. I stand on it. I'm not moved by this. And so he was joyous. He was a different kind of person then. But then all of a sudden, about a year and a half into this, uh, this situation, this, this time frame, he began to change. I noticed that his speech began to change, his, his reaction to things began to change, his mindset became very negative, and, and at the same time, what started to happen was that there became a rapid decline began to occur in his bodily functions. Um, turns out that, you know, sometimes we're surrounded by people who mean well, but they're sincerely mistaken. And so he's, he, you know, he had family members and people that were saying, well, you know, this is, this is God's will for your life. You know, uh, uh, you, you just got to trust God that he's going to see you through it. Um, you know, maybe God's trying to teach you something. As a matter of fact, I remember that he mentioned to me that one person came to him and said to him, what sin, what hidden sin do you have going on? And so he had all these thoughts and these things that were plaguing him and were beating him down and they began to impact his mindset, and I would sit with him and talk with him, and he would share some of these things, and I would say, let's go back to the word, bro. What does the word say? Let's look at this. Let's look at that, and he would get encouraged, and he was like this seesaw. He would be up, and then he'd be down, and then he had days and weeks where he just did, just leave me alone. Don't bother me. Just let me be. He was in this deep funk, and then I remember about two years into this process, um, I get a text one day, and uh, me and a couple of my buddies, and he says, good news, they have an, in, an intestinal tract that they've identified. They're flying it in from the Midwest, and I'm going into surgery tomorrow morning. And so I sent him a text back, just encouraged them, and, you know, 
that was that. The next day, I get a text from him early in the morning, right as he's about to go into surgery, and he says this to me in the text. He says, um, I'll see you after surgery if it's God's will. Those words just hurt when I heard that. You know, the Bible says that, that, that it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. God doesn't need to inflict sickness, disease, and tragedy into the lives of his people to teach them anything. That's not how God operates. There was a time where according to the law, justice according to the law, the Ten Commandments, well, actually the 613 commandments they had, justice called for if you broke the law, you reaped what you got from breaking the law. But that's why Christ came. He fulfilled the law. And so yeah, I remember my friend goes into surgery. He comes out and everything seems to be okay. And then all of a sudden his body began to reject the intestines. And he went into a coma. And the family kept him in a coma for about a good three months. And I remember I would go see him and I would just talk to him. I would read to him. I would share with him. I would encourage him, and he wouldn't respond, but I knew that somewhere in there, my friend was there, and he was listening. But then I remember that there were so many people that would come, and they would go, oh, we got to just pray. It's not God's will, and this, this, and that. And it's, they're right. It's not God's will, but what was his will? What was his will? Where was his mindset? And so I learned a valuable, a, a, a heartfelt lesson during that experience that, man, I could want it. But if a person doesn't want it, you know, I'm all for praying for people, but I, I'd much rather tell them the will of God and then pray for them. Because then you can receive what God has for you. And so the question is, see, God is willing. The question is, are you? Are we willing? Are we willing to accept what God's will is? That God's will is that we be in health and that we prosper in health. That we, that we uh, partake of healing. Matthew 9, 27 through 29 says this. says, when Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him. They were crying out and saying, son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus said to them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? And they said, yes, Lord. And then he touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, let it be unto you. See, in other words, God has already made up his mind. He has. Have you? Have we? We have to be of the mindset that agrees, and not simply agrees by assenting, but agrees and believes, God, this is your will for me. This is your will for me. And so uh, these men were completely aware of their blindness. But guess what else they were completely aware of? That Christ was the Christ. Listen to what they say. They say, son of David. You know what they're saying? Messiah. The promised one of God, our Savior. They're saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. Look upon us. Look upon our condition. 
See where we're at and do something about it. And Jesus says to them, do you believe? Do you believe that I'm able? And they say, listen, it wasn't just yes. Notice what they say. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Savior. Yes, my King. Yes, my God. And as a result, Jesus says to them, according to your faith, let it be unto you. See, faith is our response to what God has already done. And so, God's will for health and healing is important for us to understand. It's important to understand that He's willing. But we must be of the mindset and be willing to embrace what He's done. Acts chapter 10, 38 tells us something about Jesus. Now, I want you to understand something. I want you to hear this through, these, through this context. What it's saying about Jesus is not talking about a Jesus who's foreign and abstract. It's talking about the Jesus that lives in you. It's talking about the Jesus that is your Lord and your Savior. It's talking about the Jesus that is, has given you life, that's brought peace, that's brought healing into your life, that has established you, that has changed your life and is working effectually in your life through his word. And so Acts 10.38 says this, And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. So you're starting to get a picture of what's in you. And then he says this, Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So here's the point that I want you to get. Here's the point that we need to wrap our heads and our hearts around. That this is the same Jesus that while he went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed, he's still doing that today. He's still that good today. He wasn't just healing then. He wasn't just healer then. He's healing now. He's your healer now. And so we must avail ourselves of what is available to us because the work is done. It's finished. It's present. It's alive and well in you and I. The question is, will you believe it and receive it? It's that simple. It really is. Will we believe it and receive it? Yeah, but the doctor, get rid of the doubt. I mean that with all due respect. Doubt and faith cannot coexist. They cannot coexist. I know that we're all subject to doubt, but you see, that, that's why this mind we have to continually renew it according to the word. So that when doubt comes, we can get it out. That makes sense? And so I want you to see something from a very familiar passage of scripture. The book of Isaiah chapter 53 verses 3 through 5. This is speaking of Jesus. And it says he was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and pain and acquainted with grief. You know what's interesting about that word grief there? We're going to see it again. It speaks of sicknesses. It speaks of weakness. 
it speaks of distresses. So it's not just physical grief, it's emotional, it's mental grief. It's the stresses that we undertake in life. And it says, he is a man of sorrows and pain and he was acquainted with grief. And like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised. In other words, he was cast aside. And we did not appreciate his worth or esteem him. Verse 4, but in fact, he has borne our griefs. What is that saying? He has borne our sicknesses, our weaknesses, our distresses. And he has carried our sorrows and pains. Yet we ignorantly assumed that he was stricken, struck down by God, and degraded and humiliated by God. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our wickedness, our sin, our injustice, our wrongdoing. The punishment required for our well-being fell on him. And with the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. The reason why we're subject at times to fail and even to live in the lack of health and healing that's given to us through Christ is because we either forget or we just don't know what Christ endured for us personally. We don't grasp the exchange that occurred. I want you to think about something here. I want you to envision that you have a car. Some of you have a car. But I want you to envision that you have a 1979 Datsun. It's your Datsun right there on the screen. I want you to envision that, right? 1979 Datsun. And you finally get the wherewithal and you get smart enough to say, it's time to get rid of this car. And so you go to the dealership and you go and trade it in and miraculously they give you something for that car. (laughs) And you trade it in for a 2017 Lexus LS. Right? I'm I'm watching some of you young people and you're like, yes, dad, hint. But a couple of days after you've gotten your new car, You get a call from the dealership, and they say, uh, hey, one of our salesmen is at your front door knocking, and uh, we just wanted to know if you were home because we're trying to reach you about a very important matter. You say, yeah, I'm here. He says, well, you could please open the door for our salesman. He'll let you know what the details are. So you head downstairs, open the door for the salesman, and the salesman says to you, uh, we want to give you back your car, and we want to take the new car that you purchased. Let me ask you all a question. How many of you are giving back that Lexus for that Datsun? No way, way, right? You're smart. You know what that reveals about where you are with your faith and your understanding? That you have enough sense and you have enough faith to understand this. That once I've taken something that's new, I'm not giving it back for the old. 
Now, listen closely to the point that I'm making here. Your new life in Christ includes the prosperity of your life in all things and your health. Physically, emotionally, spiritually, and too many times what I've heard and what I've seen in some people's lives is that they're willing to exchange the new for the old. They're willing to say, well, you know what? I'm just a wicked old person anyway. I deserve this. I brought this upon myself, so I might as well just deal with it. I've beat my body up. I've eaten all these wrong foods, ingested all these chemicals and all these things all these years. And it, it, I did this to myself. But what you're missing there is that the new covenant says that by his stripes you're healed and you're made whole. And so I want to encourage you with a thought here. Don't exchange it back for the old one. Don't exchange your healing, your health for the old nature. Don't exchange the new covenant for what the old covenant brought upon you. Don't do that. Accept, believe, and receive and partake what's already yours in Christ. Your healing and health start now. It's already at work. What are you believing? What are you partaking of? What's informing your mindset? Don't go back. Hebrews 12 verses 12 and 13 says this. It says, therefore strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet. Listen closely. So that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. Listen closely. Your healing and health start with how you straighten your path. There needs to be a course correction in this mindset of ours. If we are to truly partake of healing that's ours. It's God's will. But will we course correct? How do you course correct? Oh, but I'm feeling... Lord, by your stripes I am healed. I know, I'm aware of the facts of what I feel, but Lord, your word says that you sent your word and you healed me. Father, I thank you for my healing. I thank you that I am whole in Christ. I thank you that what Christ took upon himself was sufficient for me. And so, Lord, I call my healing to be made manifest. I thank you, Lord, that I'm stronger, that I'm better, that I'm wiser, that I'm healed in Jesus' name. You course correct. Course correct. Think of it this way. You know those stupid contraptions that drive you crazy in your car? Recalculating. 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 When you get off track, following your GPS, you know what it's trying to do? Get you back on course. So that you can get what you need to get when you're supposed to. That's the same thing that we should do. Recalculate. Course correct. The thing is this. God's not going to do that for you and I. I'm going to read to you Hebrews 12 again. Watch what it says. Strengthen the hands which hang down. 
Notice that it doesn't say, God will strengthen the hands that will hang down. He's done that already. You can do all things through Christ who is your strength. Amen. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Right? So we've already received that. So it says, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet. God's not going to do it for you and I. We are the ones that must course correct. But the beauty, of it, the beauty of it is that when we do, it promises that what is lame will no longer be dislocated. Where sickness once reigned, that will no longer be the case. Healing will have its perfect work in your life. The Bible talks about an encounter that Jesus had with a man by the name of Bartimaeus. Mark chapter 10 tells us the story that Jesus shows up in a city called Jericho. Now it's interesting, just to give you, uh, to, to expound what's happening here, and we can greater appreciate the truths that we're about to receive from this scripture. Uh, Jericho was a place where Levites, the Levitical tribe, dwelled. It was where priests were, where the Levitical priesthood, so that's where they presented the sacrifices, that's where they prepared them. That's where they received the offering that the people brought, their sin offering and their grain offering and the tithe and this and that. And so it was a place that was full of religious activity. And the Bible says that Jesus shows up in Jericho. And then while after, afterwards, while he's leaving Jericho, the Bible says that crowds went with him. And so these crowds are following him out of Jericho, which tells us something about the people that were leaving Jericho. They were going to Jericho to seek something from God. There was something, whether it was forgiveness of sin, whether it was to present an offer, there was some religious motivation with which they were approaching God through the priesthood. They went there looking for something. I find it interesting that they left there following Jesus. And so here they are walking with Jesus, wanting something from Jesus, but not knowing what Jesus wanted. Follow me. So the Bible says that as they're walking out of Jericho, that a man, a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, cries out and he says, Son of David, Son of David, have mercy on me. You remember what Son of David means? He was saying, Messiah, King, Savior, the promised one of God unto us, the people of God. Take notice of me. Do something about my situation. And the Bible says that the people began to tell him, shh, shut up, leave him alone. The master's busy. He's got no time for you. But the Bible says that Bartimaeus begins to raise his voice all the more. And he cries out, Son of David, Savior, promised one of God, have mercy on me. The Bible says that Jesus hears him and he says, bring him to me. And Bartimaeus, the Bible says, gets up, he takes off his cloak. The cloak that many people probably saw 
and knew him by. That's Bartimaeus off in the distance, the beggar. He takes off his cloak. That's a whole other message in itself that I don't have time to get into. But he takes off his cloak and he goes to Jesus. And in verse 51 of Mark chapter 10, the Bible says that Jesus says to him, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? All these people are there wanting something from Jesus. But nobody knew what Jesus wanted to do for them. And so Bartimaeus says to him, Rabbi, teacher, master, I want to see. I want to see. The Bible says that Jesus lays hands on him and his sight is restored to him. The reason why I want to end with this story here is because it's a question that all of us need to consider. We're going to do something a little bit different here as we're closing out. I want to open up this front space. And I want it, listen, if you are dealing with something in your body, if you are struggling with some emotional, plaguing, just, just this constant turmoil. You've heard the word. The question is, what do you want the Lord to do about it? What do you want the Lord to do about your health? Healing must be received, ladies and gentlemen. He's done his part. 